Welcome to Three Skulls Tavern, a channel devoted to tabletop role-playing games by Free League Publishing. This show is sponsored by Worldmill, online server hosting for the Foundry Virtual Tabletop. To support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash mattk. For a minimum of $2 per month, you get access to a ton of extra content. Hello and welcome back to the next episode of my Forbidden Lands solo game here on Three Skulls Tavern. I'm Matt, your host, and I'm going to pick up straight from where I left off last time. And that is with entering this new hex, struggling to get through the hex as dusk is approaching, and then finally um, noticing a fox up ahead. And I was, I've been thinking about how to handle this fox scene. Um, Again, I'm trying to divorce the the GM meta knowledge that I already have of this encounter um, from my character's uh, knowledge. I've also gone back and looked a little bit at the entry in the GM's guide to see how much of how I presented the fox in the other um, campaign was my own spin on it rather than what's strictly written in the encounter. And... There was quite a bit that I'd, I'd kind of put on there, and um, or my own spin I'd put on, on this fox. So I don't want to give away too many spoilers, but um, let's suffice it to say that um, I have an idea for how I'm going to handle this, and that's what I'm going to run with. So we spot this fox up ahead, and most foxes are quite skittish, and you know they don't they don't like to be they don't like to be seen. If they notice that they're being seen, and they kind of they kind of run away, trot away. Um, this fox just kind of notices us. We heard singing, and the singing seemed to be coming from where the fox currently is. In fact, that's what may, maybe drew our attention to it. And the fox is not looking at us. It's sitting there, kind of licking its paw after it finishes, after this, after the song ends. Um, and kind of grooming itself a little bit. Then it stops and it looks at us. And it's a bit far in the distance. We can't really make out too much of its facial features, but I'm convinced that it's it kind of has a grin of on its face somehow. Although I'm not I'm not exactly sure about this. And then the fox trots off to the side and disappears behind the uh, the kind of the trees that are you know we're in a forest, so there's lots of trees between well, well blocking a view. I look over to Yubi, and she makes eye contact with me, and I just shrug, and nothing to be worried about a fox. Um, maybe we should just be a bit careful of our food is probably what I'm thinking of, because we're a bit low on food. Um, when we make camp, we don't want a fox getting in and, and <laughs> like sneaking off with our the last of our rations. So that's kind of playing in my mind a little bit, but it's also getting close to dusk. That we're going to be losing daylight. So now is the time, even though we're only one, <laughs> um, what's the term? One hex away from the um, from the ruined castle of Deepmark, we still need to rest because it's, it took us a quarter day that first morning to get out of, well, to get, basically get our get ourselves free from ourselves, to gather our, our belongings, to eat something. And to just kind of get ourselves ready to go. And then we spent our entire daytime phase just getting into this hex, trying to climb over this, um, you know, the, the barrier that had been erected. 
So here we are, we've gotten over that barrier, and we're going to be trying to make camp. We're not worried about this fox, we're not worried that there's a fox nearby. Um, it is just a fox, and hopefully it'll keep away from us, especially with the fire, etc. So there's a couple of things we need to do here. Um, and to make things a little bit easier, I've started using this party, um, this party feature, which is in the Foundry, um, the Forbidden Lands Foundry module. And basically, um, I can drag and drop members of the party into various different um, travel roles, and then I can just basically click on them, and it'll roll the it'll roll the relevant role for that person. So this is a nice, uh, kind of a nice feature that I haven't been using. I completely forgot about it, to be honest, and I'm going to start using it now. So um, the idea here is that I'm going to be making camp while UB does some foraging. I was thinking that maybe UB would hunt, but I think maybe foraging makes a bit more sense at the moment um, for various reasons. One of those reasons is to do with the time of time of month we're in the autumn right now and during during autumn you get a plus one to forage rolls um you also get a, a bonus to forage rolls when you're inside a forest which we are so foraging should be relatively easy certainly easier than hunting um and another thing i wanted to point out we'll talk about this in a second i'm, I'm kind of jumping around with a couple of different things that have been have been um kind of cropping into my mind um, but making a good camp is more important than foraging for food because we still have some rations at this stage. So I have the higher survival skill, so I'm going to be making camp and Yubi is going to be doing some foraging. And these are both these are both activities that take a full quarter day, so I'm just going to roll for them one at a time. So I just click up here on make camp, make the basic roll. And I've got one six. So I successfully spend the quarter day making camp and I get a nice camp kind of um, built up. And yeah, success. Now, just to show you why I'm going to be giving bonuses to UB, I'm going to open up um, our GM screen here, and I've added some bits here to travel. I've added a travel um, tab to the GM screen. Uh, this has a nice summary of the quarter day activities that you can take while you're traveling. Um, there's a little comment here on hiking alone, but really the ones I wanted to look at here are terrain types and seasons. Terrain types, we're in forest right now. So foraging, you get a plus one. You would also get a plus one to hunt if we wanted to hunt. But we're going to do a plus one for foraging right now. Um, and then if you go to the season, the season also has a modifier. And we're in the autumn, so it's another plus one for foraging. So if we look at the calendar, you can see up here at the top, it says the 44th of Falwain. This is the This is the kind of annual calendar. It's split into eight months. Each month is two different names of a season. So you have winter rise, winter wane, spring rise, spring wane, summer rise, summer wane, fall rise, fall wane. So it's pretty straightforward. Um, I've got the calendars for each month here for the current month of fall wane that we're in and the following month, which is going to be winter rise. And as you can see here, we're, we're at the 44th of fall wane. We only have two days until we're out, you know, until the last day of, of autumn, technically, and we're into the winter. I'm also going to start using, um, because this, this weather, this weather feature that's built into the calendar uh, module here in Foundry um, doesn't seem to be giving me very interesting results. So instead, I'm going to be rolling some dice and using this uh, weather chart. Now, this weather chart is a, um, is, is something that somebody's produced as a PDF. 
that's available in the workshop. I'll provide a link down in the um, in the description so you can buy um, buy a copy. But basically, it's got three different charts. One for like when the weather is mild, so like the beginning of spring all through summer. Then you have um, a winter set of of um, of weather, a winter weather grid here for obviously as you can see winter rise and winter wane and then there's what I'm calling a like a rainy weather table and that's for spring rise and fall wane so sorry spring wane would have been so spring wane fall rise and the two summer months are in the kind of mild one and I've not got them here because we're quite far from having that nice summery weather we're just coming up to winter and I've I've got it here, but I've also um, popped these onto the, as you can see here, onto the, um, let me just move this out of the way for a second. I've popped them here onto the map so I can quickly reference them. I can also grab um, this blue icon and I can move it around depending on how I roll. And that's basically what happens. At the beginning of every day, I'm going to make a, a D12 dice roll. And depending on how I roll the dice, that, that D12, I will be moving my indicator one hex in the, in the, uh, in the direction shown here. Uh, there's a little key for the weather as well. So that's that's basically something I'm going to be introducing. So all that out of the way, we're going to have uh, UB roll for Forage. And she's going to get a plus two modifier because of the time of month and the location that we're in. And she has no success. So she's trying to Forage. For, and for some reason, she's just, she's just not having any luck. Um, so that takes us the entire quarter day. We're going to move this along to here, and then we're going to rest. Um, we've already eaten for the day. We ate before we left the uh, before we left Deepmark, so there's no need to eat. And we can say we we drank as well. Um, we had deep. I'm not sure actually if I did roll for drinking. I think it makes sense for us to actually to actually roll because we should have full canteens. Um, I'm just going to see if I can do it now because there were some updates that have happened before uh, since the last one. And it looks like I can. Oh, there's almost a one. So uh, Yubi drinks water. Nothing happens. She doesn't lose any. And I'm going to drink my water. And I've got an 11, so nothing happens there either. So we, we've already eaten for the day. We're having some water at night sitting around the sitting around our camp. Um, and we're going we're gonna, to uh, sleep for the night. So... We are going to keep watch. One of us is going to keep watch. And I think possibly um, maybe Yubi is a little bit tired for some reason. And um, we're going to say that she, she sleeps first. I offer to take the first watch. And <laughs> this is where I want to use the... Um, I'm going to use an oracle, I think, here. And I'm going to ask the oracle, does the fox approach the camp? while at night at night while I'm keeping watch yes but yes the fox approaches the camp but I don't I can't quite see where the fox is I just hear something moving around and I'm it doesn't sound like a it doesn't sound like a humanoid it doesn't sound like a massive threat it doesn't sound like a bear or a boar or a wolf or something like that it sounds quite small, but you know, I'm I'm on I'm on my I'm alarmed a little bit, and I'm kind of peering into the into the darkness um, from my position near the campfire. I don't see anything, but after and then eventually the the sound stops, 
and I slowly start to kind of, um, you know, relax a little bit more. And then I, I think I can just hear on the edge of my vision some uh, a man's voice, like a deep, gruff man's voice, saying something. But I can't catch what it is. It's just beyond the just beyond the reaches of my of my hearing. So, I imagine it's just kind of I'm tired and my mind's playing tricks on me, and. Um, hopefully nothing else happens through the night, but I am gonna I am gonna make another oracle roll here, and I'm going to ask the oracle, um, do we have an encounter during this night phase? And I'm gonna modify this roll, so I'm rolling it like this. I'm gonna do the I'm gonna do the normal six die um, roll that that we do for for the yes no oracle, but you can modify the this yes no oracle. And the way I'm gonna modify this is um, I. I want it to be unlikely that there's that we're going to have an encounter for various reasons, um, mainly because we've had a lot of encounters happening recently, and I want to try and kind of move the move the um, move the game along. But I also want to give the the game the opportunity to to throw some kind of wobblies my way. So I'm kind of stacking the odds a little bit, and I'm saying it's unlikely that we're going to have one here. So what we're gonna what I'm going to say is I'm going to add a single like skull die to whatever I roll here, like an like an imaginary one off to the side. So if I roll two successes, two cross swords, I'm going to throw that that free skull in there. That's going to say no, that's that's not there, or to take one of them away if that makes sense. So here we go. Okay, so the six and the one here will cancel each other, cancel each other out. I'm left with one skull, which would be a, a no but response. However, I'm also adding the, the skull because it's unlikely to get a straight no. There are no encounters that happen uh, during the night. Other than, of course, the the what I think must be the fox maybe being kind of coming nearby. So, um, dawn creeps up. And... I'm tired, so I'm going to modify my sheet here to say that I'm tired, or sleepy, I should say. Um, I haven't recovered my strength, but Yubi will be at full at full capacity here because she's she slept. Um, hmm. And I guess the question is, do we want to keep pressing on, or do we want to try and um, do I want to sleep while we've got a camp? And I think sleeping while we've got the camp makes sense. Um, day is, day is approaching, and I think while we have a nice camp made here, it might make sense just to try and maybe build up our supplies a little bit, just to kind of hunker down. We didn't want to, we didn't want to stay in deep mark because that was a little bit, um, dangerous. Um, and we'd spent already a week in there, so we're kind of fed up, fed up on mushrooms as well. If we really need to, we can probably head back into that hex and forage for some mushrooms for free, as I had said before. Um... But I think hunting might be something that might be kind of more interesting to, to for us to do. And we can also... Um, yeah, I think I, I want to kind of get my get myself up to kind of fighting fit status. And I think just taking a little bit of time, trying to maybe um, not dip into our food reserves too much would be good. The chef talent would be really handy. And in fact, I've thought a bit about this and I think that's going to be what I'm going to be trying to get for with for my experience points once we eventually um, I have enough to do it is I'm going to be trying to get the chef talent. And we'll talk about that. I need five experience points. to. Oh, no. I think I only need three experience points. So theoretically, I could spend some time now to try and learn the chef talent. In fact, this is, this is a really good opportunity here. So... Um, 
We're gonna play it like this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna suggest to Ubi. I suggest to Ubi that we stay a little bit longer. We stay another day at this camp because I found a really nice spot for it. Um, we've already stayed, etc. So I'm gonna sleep during the morning, and I suggest that she kind of has a little scout around the area and goes looking to maybe hunt and find something to some animal to to kill. So we're gonna play it like that. So I'm gonna sleep for this morning, uh, this morning phase. And Yubi is going to hunt. Now to make a hunting roll, in fact, I can just open up this again and we can see a summary of how it works. Um, it's just another survival roll. And you can see I've got a hunt table down here at the bottom of the GM screen so I don't have to reference it in the journals. Um, if you are successful with the survival roll, then that means you found something. You then make a roll, a D6 roll on this hunting table that tells you the animal that you found and the difficulty of hunting it. And for hunting, you then make either a marksman roll if you have a bow or a crossbow, something like that, uh, or throwing weapon, or you roll survival to basically make a trap to try and trap it. And I think you have to be, um, I think for trapping, you actually have to have traps as well. So, but Yubi has a has a bow, so it's she's a perfect person to go out hunting. She's really good with marks with her marksmanship skill as well. Uh, she said her survival skill isn't so great, so finding actually finding an animal um, isn't necessarily going to be easy for her, uh, which is ironic because she is a hunter. But uh, that's how the that's how the cookie crumbled here with uh, when I was creating characters. So I'm opening Yubi up. We're going to roll for her survival. Uh, she gets a plus one to. Um, oh, it's a plus one to the hunt, but I think the intention here, um, you see terrain types, you get a plus one when you're hunting. I think that's a plus one to the survival roll because that's, there's going to be more life in a forest than there would be another terrain. So we're going to give her a plus one modifier because of the terrain and that's all she gets. And she gets a six. So she finds something. Okay. So now we're going to roll to see what she found. And to do that, I'm going to go into the chat here, and I'm just going to say uh, roll 1d6. <laughs> 2. Higher is better. That means more meat, etc. Um, so a 2. So if we open up the GM screen again, we can see that a 2 is she finds, <laughs> she finds a crow. Um, difficulty is 0. She has a weapon she can use on it. It's going to give us 1 meat if she can take it down. So... Yubi uses her bow. Let's see how many um, arrows she has. She still has all D10 of her arrows. That's right. Um, they fell out, but she managed to gather them all back. And we're going to roll that for her. So it's a straightforward marksmanship roll. There's no modifiers or anything like that. Um, and yeah, let's see if she can kill this crow. She gets a six on a roll. That's all she needs. So she, um, you know, finds a crow looses and brings it down. We're not going to roll her arrows to see if she manages to keep them all. A two. She doesn't. So her arrows go down to a d8. Um, maybe some of her arrows were kind of warped or something and she's just noticing now from you know being unused and just kind of sat in a damp cellar for a week. Um, maybe the wood on some of them has, has been, you know, she's some of them are unusable or something like that. So she kind of um, takes them out and kind of just drops them on the ground or whatever, something like that. Um, yeah, but she's caught a crow. So that takes a whole full quarter day for her to find that crow at um, the end of the morning phase. So basically at noon, 
I wake, she comes back and wakes me up. Oh, before that happens, though, I did want to say, I did want to do one thing. And the one thing I wanted to do is I wanted to ask the Oracle, um, does anyone approach the camp while I'm sleeping and no one's keeping watch over me? And I'm going to leave this, I'm not going to add any modifiers like I just did previously to say whether it's likely or unlikely. So I'm just going to make a straightforward roll here. <laughs> Two sixes. I say yes. Yes, something something approaches the camp. Um, I'm going to ask if it's the fox. Uh, it's hard to see with the two sets of dice there, so I'm just going to look what the result was here. Um, it's a complication. Is it the fox? Complication. I think the complication... I've asked if it was the fox, and the answer was complication. So that's not a yes. That's not a no. Uh, but it's certainly not a yes. So I'm going to say that the complication is that there's a different type of encounter... Um, and I'm going to pitch it because it's a complication. It's really meant to be pushing the story along. It's the intention behind the complication um, is that it kind of complicates life, etc. So I'm going to roll on the encounter, the generic encounter oracle that I've created, and I'm going to pitch it in sort of a more negative light than maybe I would have done normally, <laughs> just because it's a complication result. Because I, I, I did say yes, it was a. If you think about it like this, I, I roll the two, two sixes to say, yes, there is an encounter that happens while I'm sleeping. I then asked if it was the fox. And if it had rolled, yes, it was the fox, and that would have been the encounter. I would, I would have been interacting with this fox. If it had been no, then I would have been drawing, I would have been doing this generic encounter anyway. So the complication needs to be a little bit more extreme than just a no result here. Um, so that's just a little, uh, you know, thinking why I'm doing that. So I'm going to click that. I've just clicked it. I'm going to go over to here and see what it says. Scared hunters. Okay, interesting. They're scared. There's hunters and they're scared. Um, they stumble into the camp while Yubi is out hunting herself. Maybe that's why she can't find anything because there, there are other hunters in this hex hunting around. Um, and thinking about the uh, location that we're in, yeah, the area that we're in is goblin territory. We're deep in goblin territory. Um... So I think I think it's fair to say. In fact, I'm going to roll the oracle. Are they goblins? Are these are these hunters goblins? And I'm going to think say that yes, that's likely. So I'm going to add a six to whatever result I roll here. It's a wash, so that means the one six is a yes but answer. Yes, they're goblins, but I'm going to ignore that for now. I'm going to ignore that for now. Um, I'm already making this hard enough on myself as it is. So I want to make this as negative as possible. They're, they're hunters, but they're scared. They're scared because there's something in the area that has scared them. They've they've maybe woken something that they shouldn't have woken up. Um, and they come stumbling into our into the camp that we'd set up while I'm sleeping. So I'm going to, again, I'm going to take my... I'm going to leave my sleepy condition here. I'm going to leave my strength depleted by one because I need to have a full a full un uninterrupted quarter day's worth of rest to be fighting fit. Uh, Yubi's still out hunting herself and they come stumbling in and I wake up as these two, as these two goblins kind of come, come pelting into the camp and kind of stop and like, Oh, they kind of look around as I'm opening my eyes. I reach for my, for a weapon of some description. I say I have my, my ax nearby and I, I'm sort of kind of throwing my blanket off and, and kind of getting to my feet as they're just kind of watching me, eyes wide. They've both got bows with them, um, but they haven't. They're not like pointing them at me or anything yet. Um, 
And they say, who are you? Never mind who I am. Who are you? This is, this is my camp. Get out of here. What, what's going on? Who are you? They look at each other. And one of them says, this could be our chance. Yeah. Yeah, I got an idea. What are you talking about, I say. One of them kind of cups, cups his, uh, his mouth and into the air shouts, Oh, no! No, no, I'm stuck! I'm trapped! Like that. Really loud. I can hear it echoing around. And then they split around me and go running off like the direction they were coming. We'll say that they're kind of heading south towards where, where that barrier was. And I'm now going to try and see what kind of monster from the monster table they're running from and to see what kind of monster is now going to potentially be approaching the camp because I can now hear something coming. And whether that's something's big smashing through the undergrowth or some wings beating the air above us is going to depend on what I roll here. Um, so while while I'm hearing something happening, I'm going to be quickly grabbing my pack, throwing it on my back, grabbing my grabbing my shit, and basically being like, oh no, <laughs> where's Yubi? Yubi would have heard that voice. We'll say she's just grabbed this crow, um, and then she'll be heading back. So I'm going to roll for a monster here. I've got to f- try and see um, how to do that exactly because I've not rolled for one yet. Okay, so I've just basically looked in the bestiary because I recall that at the front of the bestiary there's a d66 table with all the monsters in them. So I'm going to roll a d66 table. Well, um, would have been nice would be to have a rollable table with a macro that I can just click on it and it'll just roll and give me an entry, etc. But this is fine to do it this way as well. Um, so I am going to roll a d66. I've got it here. Click it once and hope for something not too dangerous. A 14. A 14 is a... <laughs> a gray bear. Oh, this is really not good. Oh, man. I know the gray bear. Okay, so I'm going to read the entry to the gray bear from the book. Again, um, Udo will not necessarily know this. So this is more just for me when I'm thinking about how to play the gray bear as a monster. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the gray bear is a hunter as unpleasant as it is bloodthirsty, that inhabits the inaccessible wilds of the Forbidden Lands. It kills to satisfy its ravenous appetite, but has the bad habit of sometimes choosing and stalking a target for a long time without haste. A terrified charcoal burner once told of how a large gray bear stood and watched him through an opening in his cabin for several nights, one night even leading a mangled human hand, leaving a mangled human hand on the doorstep. Shortly afterwards, the man vanished without a trace. Rumors tell of how hunters tracked what appeared to be a flayed ogre through the winter of Foilinmark, shortly after the demon flood. The tracks of blood led them to the den of a bear, but as they approached, a furious gray bear burst from the cave, slaying the entire hunting party except for two brothers who lived to tell of the beast. Ever since then, sightings of these intelligent and sinister monsters have become increasingly common, with rumors of the flayed creature that possessed a sleeping bear hinting at a demonic origin. Okay, so I think what we're going to say here, I've got an idea here. There's a monster that that these hunters are trying to escape from. The gray bear stalks its prey and stalks them for a very long time. Now it's stalking these goblins. It's not stalking me yet. 
I don't. I also don't know that it's a grey bear. I just know that there's something big crashing through the underbrush, through the underbrush, through the forest, heading my way, getting louder and louder. Yubi's nowhere to be seen, and the only thing I can think in a panic is climb a tree and stay very, very quiet. So I'm going to try and do that. I think um, my strength isn't great. Um, I believe it's actually a move roll to climb. Yeah. Move to climb, as well as any other kind of movement. Might is more for lifting things or feats of strength, um, pushing things, that sort of thing. Um, so it's going to be a move roll to climb this tree. And I can actually push this if I need, need to, and I probably will just because I really want to climb this tree. So as this, as I can hear this, this creature um, approaching, I'm going to try and climb a nearby tree. And we'll say because we're in a forest, I'm going to give myself a plus one to this as well, just to just to kind of stack the odds a little bit in my favor. Um, you know, there's plenty of trees to choose from. There should be there should be one that I can clamber up. I, it's also not lost on me that I'm a hobbit climbing a tree to escape from a, an animal, <laughs> having just read The Hobbit recently. I've got three ones, so if I push this roll, my agility is going to go down to one. Which means later on, if I'm trying to escape and try and flee from this mon from this well from this monster, um, I would only have one agility potentially. I could break myself here, also by by pushing and getting another one on that die. So I'm absolutely not pushing that roll. Um, I can look at my pride. My pride is I can be nigh invisible when I don't want to be seen. Pride can be used if it makes sense to um, roll a d12 after a, a failed skill roll. So, but it doesn't really apply in this. This is about climbing a tree and trying to get out of the way. But I, um, maybe I can kind of stretch it a little bit and say, um, you know, I know about hiding from things. And I know that one of the best opportunities I have is up in a tree if there's something big coming. Um, so maybe I will roll my pride here. It's a little bit of a stretch, I think, because it's it, my pride is more about being invisible, about hiding, and climbing a tree is a kind of a stretch for that. But well, you know, I'm going to go with it anyway. Um, so I don't actually think of a macro for rolling uh, other polyhedral dice. So I'm going to roll here. I'm going to go here and say roll one d12. I needed a success, and to get a success, this is a 12-sided die, right? So a 6 and higher all have at least one success on them. I have failed on my pride roll. That means I am not getting up this tree. I'm getting more and more panicked as I'm trying to scramble up it. I, I just can't. Every time I like find a, a, a small branch to grab out to, and I'm pulling my weight up on it. It's kind of snapping and putting me back down. Um, I'm getting more and more worked up. I'm actually making quite a bit of noise right now. Um, I'm not being very good at being invisible and this means that I'm going to have to, um, my pride is now going to have to change um, because I, I failed my pride roll. So we'll talk about that maybe in the next session when we, well, let's see if I survive first. Um, and in fact, I'm just looking at the clock. There isn't much time left on this episode. So I think we're going to figure out what's going to happen with this gray bear, whether it sees me, whether it doesn't see me, whether I run away from it, um, whether it starts stalking me. Um, before I end the session and then we'll see well I guess the next session is it might just be do I survive does does Udo survive because um, Udo is also tired which is not which is not particularly great here 
Oh, and speaking of wits, um, one thing I forgot to do, when you're sleepy, you suffer one point of wits damage um, every day that you are, that you remain sleepy. So I actually need to go into Udo here, and I need to add a point of wits damage. Um, if your wits breaks from, um, if you are broken from your wits going down to zero, then you basically collapse and fall asleep. Um, so <laughs> it's an interesting one, the sleepy condition. You kind of um, you kind of get more and more confused and a bit kind of out of sorts in your head as you get more and more exhausted until eventually you will just collapse. And how long you can go before you collapse depends on, is basically dependent on how high your wit stat is. So the, the, the more witty you are, the more um, kind of uh, clever you are, that sort of thing, then the longer you can keep yourself awake effectively. But yeah, that's what it looks like. Um, and I think what I'm going to try and do is as soon as the monster sort of gets close, I'm going to try and flee from it. And we're going to say that the monster is coming from the hex to the um, to the northwest. So to the kind of to the left and upwards. That's where it's coming from. I can't flee into that direction. I also cannot flee into the directions where there's water because I don't have a boat. Um... I can't necessarily flee back to deep mark easily because there's a I know there's a, a like a thing in the way. So the only way for me to flee really is to go to the southwest, which is also kind of towards the direction the bear is coming. I think I'm just going to start running away as I hear something big coming. In fact, we'll say I'm I, I start I decide to run away as I'm like tr failing to get up this tree. I'm using F, I've, I I didn't push my roll, but I also like used my pride and failed my pride. I'm desperate for this to work. I'm desperate to get in this tree, and it's not working. So I think it's fair to say that I've spent so much time trying to do that that I've I've wasted the opportunity to sneak away before um, the bear gets to the camp. So I've just slid down the base of this tree when this gray bear steps out of the tree line into the into this kind of clearing that we've made for our camp and locks eyes on me and growls a deep growl. I lose my shit here. I mean, I am terrified. Um so the gray bear does not have a fear rating, so I don't roll for um fear at least not just from seeing it it could have um one of its six attacks could theoretically be some sort of fear inducing attack in which case um that will be the case but at the moment i'm basically just narratively pissing myself as i'm as i'm locking eyes with this gray bear and in fact locking eyes with this thing is probably the last is probably the very very much the wrong thing to do um because it's a killing machine is ravenous it wants to eat me and now it the goblins are gone but here's a nice plump halfling <laughs> which uh, maybe tastes nicer to a gray bear i don't know but um it's certainly you know not going to turn its nose up at a free meal um so it lets out a roar and is going to attack me so um i think I'm going to leave the session here. I am going to try and flee. The very first thing I'm going to try and do is not to attack this thing. It's going to be try and run away. Um, and I think it's just worth trying to figure out where Yubi is during all this. And I think it makes the most sense to say that Yubi was heading back to camp when she heard the shout with her crow. Um, and then she started hearing the gray bear crashing through the woods because she's a hunter. Um, 
and we'll say that well in fact I'll ask the Oracle, did Yubi get back to the camp? Or is she like near the camp close enough that she's like that she can see the bear right now? So is she gonna be involved in this combat, like just kinda of hiding in the trees a bit? Um and I'm going to modify that with a a yes. I think it's likely that she has gotten back because she would have had enough time hearing the shout. I'm gonna add a success to whatever I roll here. So it's a yes but. Yes, she's back, but she's at she's at range. So if she's gonna try and attack this thing um with a bow, with her bow, she's gonna have uh some some fairly significant negative modifiers because it's at the extreme range of what she can what she can hit. Okay, so I'm gonna end it there. Um Sadly, we didn't move a single hex, and my thinking about um, you know trying to trying to set up a nice little camp here to spend an idyllic day in the woods and recover our resources and recover our our attribute health, you know, restore the damage that we've taken, uh, has gone completely pear shaped as a literal monster comes you know thundering out of the woods into the camp and now wants to eat me. So thank you very much for watching. Join us next week to see if uh, Udo survives. And um, as always, if you haven't already, if you can subscribe and like this video, uh, subscribe to the channel, like the video. That really helps the channel to grow. And if you've got any questions, leave them in the comments. Um, if you want to reach out on social media, um, I'm, if you look at the ticker just down below here, uh, you'll find links to the various social media outlets where you can keep, get in touch. Uh, very active on Discord if you're a Discord user. And that's me. So thank you very much and catch you next week.